1: Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. folks. Welcome back to the iHealth Channel, iHealth Radio. This is your monthly uh, rendezvous with the one and the only Dr. Heim all the way from Australia. This is Climb to your prime with Dr. Haim. It is time for mental health, and uh, we had a month off, so we're back. The doctor is with us right now. He'll be joining us, and hopefully uh, you'll be enjoying um, you know, some of his... Powerful responses to some of the key uh, questions that we received at the studio. Uh, just note, this is a live show, so you can call us at 732-332-8493. It's on the screen. Or you can also chime in through whatever you're watching today uh, on the comment field and just hit us with some you know questions, and hopefully we can fit them in in the call. So you can do either one. So we're looking forward to it. And without any further ado, here comes Dr. Heim. Dr. Heim, hello.
0: Hello, Hurricane. How are you this wonderful Friday evening?
1: Yeah, well, Friday, Saturday for you.
0: <laughs> Saturday morning for us as
1: ever, yes. That, that's right, that's right. Well, again, you know, it's amazing. I, I never get over that one, so uh, I always, we always have to start with that one, I guess. <laughs> and I love your nice little, uh, out, you know, the, the backdrop that you have, which is real. It's your window, and that's actually the bridge from Sydney, right?
0: Yeah, that's actually the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and look, it is a beautiful bridge, and we've been having some terrible weather here, as a lot of the world has, but it's always just beautiful to look out over the harbour, over the bridge, and just sort of see some of the things that we uh, humans have achieved and what we aspire to. So that's part of what we're doing, Hurricane.
1: Well, that that is great, and you know, today I'm, I think I'm gonna just you know hide my name because that day <laughs> we talked about weather, and you know, I do have a first question here that is actually regarding uh, disaster and stuff. So, uh, uh, before we get to the question, I just you know, I know we have not spoken for about a month, and uh, well, little two months. This is like gonna make two months literally yeah. since we had the last show. We had a powerful show last time, and we've tackled some some heavy duty topic that that is very you know tricky, and uh, you know you've given us a lot of insights there. And I know uh, we've talked also about you know doing a special show about relationships in light of your book that's coming up, okay. and yeah. so we can we could refer to that at the end of the show today, and then maybe sure. we can uh, push for next month, you know. If that, if you're ready for that, we can talk about the book and, and just, you know, the relationships in general, because, uh, you know, it's, it's holiday season. So maybe we can talk about that. Cause there's a lot of that stuff. <laughs> That'd
0: be lovely. That'd be lovely.
1: Excellent. So, so, uh, doctor, are we ready.
0: We're ready. We're ready to go. Hurricane. Huh.
1: All right, folks. As I said, you know we are live, uh, so you can chime in with us. Uh, we are live on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitch, uh, YouTube, and Twitter. So, whatever your platform of choice, please uh, chime in. You can write us your comments and chime in. You know, and and just type them here, or you can just uh, email us, or you can just dial the number that's on your screen, and uh, we have a ticker on down below. So please. Uh, Join us in the conversation and uh, we'll be, doctor is here for you to answer your questions. Don't be shy. I know you don't have to say your name. You can be any, any name you want. (laughs) You can be a planet name, (laughs) call yourself, you know, Mars. It doesn't matter, but we just want to hear from you. All right. Um, So I do have a first question, doctor. And um, as you know, recently you, you just mentioned the weather you've had rough weather there i mean it's been rough in a lot of areas this is also hurricane season for us up uh, yes. in the no- northern hemisphere and especially the states are getting a lot of that uh you know influx right now we are in the middle of it and so we're just past two it was fiona recently and now we have ian that's still going through the states actually yes. we're just getting i guess the remnants in the new york area over the weekend so uh that's happening right now uh as, as a matter of fact my son is in fort myers and he was li- right in the middle of it so uh they've seen some real that have no power there and so it's crazy so i do have a question about that and and the, just the psychological effect of, of like disasters and stuff so question states as some of the islands and states are feeling the impact of nature and hurricane devastation what is the psychological state of mind when dealing with disasters Uh, Does it fall under the umbrella of PTSD? What should people do to minimize this impact? Tracy, Florida.
0: Okay. Uh, Tracy from Florida, that's a wonderful question because there is a psychology uh, around disasters and events like this. And the, the basis of it is that when weather events like this happen, we know that we are not in control. And that's actually quite devastating for the brain because the brain likes familiarity. It likes to know that things are nice and predictable. However, we like a bit of novelty and a bit of difference in our lives to balance all the predictability. But that's basically where our brains are nice and comfortable to have predictability and then some bit of a change just to change it up. In a disaster event, an earthquake, a uh, a, a hurricane, a a tornado, anything, uh, we feel out of control. And one of the worst feelings for the brain is being out of control. In fact, when I work with people who have PTSD, let's say because they've suffered personal trauma, uh, uh, childhood abuses, the actual trauma itself is not the trauma that lasts on the brain. The trauma is that for those moments of life, the brain was not in control, that somebody else was in control of your life. So let's take an earthquake. Even though an earthquake may last for only 10 seconds, in those 10 seconds, the brain realizes I am not in control of my life. I could die at this point and there's nothing that I could do about it. And so it's being out of control that, becomes the real trauma for the brain. However, that does not mean that everybody who goes through an experience will end up with PTSD. In fact, sometimes uh, in society, we talk about it too much. And so there's this added layer of fear. Oh no, I'm going to get PTSD. Whereas all of our studies show that resilience is normal for humans. We're actually built to be able to withstand stress. Too much stress we can't withstand but a certain amount of stress we can. So the thing to do is to get close to people that you are close to. So if there are people that you love, friends and family, particularly after event, that feeling of huddling together, of just enjoying even a glass of water together, and that feeling of we survived this together is very protective. So I want to let people know particularly uh, people who are in um, Florida at the moment, this does not mean that everybody's going to get PTSD. In fact, if anything, it can let people know how important family and friends are to all of us.
1: Thank you, doctor. And and, and you know what? I, I It's amazing. Like I mentioned, my son, he's there and, you know, they yeah. lost power and we've been able to connect, you know, and uh, uh, he's actually holding nice and, you know, but, but you know, they, they had no choice. They were there and, you uh, uh, the the state of a lot of people, because I asked them, like how are things going. and, you know, they're they're coping. I mean, it just just they have no other way. Uh, uh, some people did leave the state. I mean and and wound up in maybe Georgia and other places. But a lot of people decided to just hang around and and they did. And so he couldn't leave for obvious for various reasons, but 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 he he is coping. and uh, his morale is a little down, obviously, so we yeah. have to talk about it because it, it is, it is not easy. I mean, before that, I mean, just the anticipation, especially with the news it's coming, it's this, it's force winds, yeah. and, and yeah. you just don't know what to expect. People go actually to the stores and they get all whatever the water and stuff because they prep, you know, prepare, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so he was really going through that. So we talked about it and then when it happened in the middle of it, we were still in connection. Uh, we, we lost contact for a minute. And then obviously we talked about today. So yeah. everything is good it's past them uh but but you know he's younger so obviously he was able to maintain different i think that's that's another piece i'm just gonna throw in here i mean or question rather uh is age a factor in how you deal with with these types of events because i i i personally believe when you're younger your fear factor is a lot less than when you get older i mean is that even a myth or reality i'm not sure but what what would you say to that
0: well hurricane that, that is actually true that um Uh, the most resilient people are children because children do not have preconceived ideas about what life should be and they don't have preconceived ideas about how long life should be. And one of the amazing things about our society is it has actually given us a lot of predictability and a lot of confidence that we're going to be around for a while. Uh, It was only 200 years ago that life expectancy was closer to about 30 rather than 80 that we have at the moment. So now that as as soon as you end up growing up and you go, oh, you've got this expectancy that you're going to be around for 80 years, that actually then creates a fear. Well, what if something bad happens? Whereas children don't have these expectations and they're much more malleable. However, when we start growing up and we live in a, a society of comfort, Our brain gets that predictable familiarity that feels so good, but then it becomes fearful so that our resilience actually comes down. And so, unfortunately, we have studies to show that a uh, comfortable society can actually bring down our resilience. And so things like this, like you were talking to your son, what helped get him through was your relationship with him. Daddy was there. Daddy might have been thousands of miles away, but he was still there as a person in your son's brain. And that strength reminds us of how important people are, but also the resources that we have, that we can go through these things and exist and survive together. I mean, that's what life is all about, survival. It's just that we do it really well these days. And so we actually lose a bit of resilience.
1: Well, thank you, Doctor. And and, and I appreciate that because you're right, I mean, we we tend to have a comfort zone i mean you talked about you know a couple hundred years ago people were always like in a fight mode right you know, you survive, yeah you have to survive you have to do it and uh, you have no choice and you do the best you can maintain it and now we have all the comforts you know of life and uh, you know but but to your point it to depends sometimes our own uh resilience and our own ability to cope with things and and i many people and i've seen this actually I, in in the hurricane sandy uh yeah. that hit really terribly in new jersey and new york actually i was part of a first response team at the time because we were with a company that, that had nurses so we were actually uh you know with them taking them out in the field and yeah. making sure that they delivered the, the service and we were there literally up front uh they won uh, as a matter of fact, that same day, we were there with vehicles and food and water and all the stuff wow. and, yeah. you know, batteries and stuff. And uh, uh, some people were funny because they said, we haven't seen FEMA, we've seen you. And I'm nothing to say against FEMA here. But but it was just the response time because we were local. Obviously, FEMA has to get all their, you know, uh, mobilization in there. But it was it was not an opportunity to see some real, you know, uh, stuff happening and how these people were affected. The, you know, uh, some of them were demolished, you know, morally and mentally and all that yeah but 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 the the people got together that's the part you know that is important i think a lot of people were there for each other i mean i think at the time everybody was helping each other you know i I remember we were at this huge church uh in an area that was totally bad 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 you know badly you know hit and uh you know people came from all over the states to to help and food Uh, i mean they had so much food so much clothing so much stuff available for kids and adults and it, it was amazing so in the light of all this stuff, I mean, you know, human factor. Humans are still good, and I think I always believe that, that we have a lot more good people than bad people on this planet. But but you know what? Uh, it's it is difficult, and it does have an impact. And by the way, that impact of anxiety, I think, is also a big deal. I mean, we talked about the, just the aftermath. For me, yeah. for example, it's just just like the anticipation. I mean it is it is a big statement with anticipation of that is worse than that itself right just yeah. understanding that something's happening and you don't know what's going on it's crazy uh yes. and and the coping mechanisms is, is, can be variable you know varied between one to the other uh yes. i mean we mentioned age but but it could be just just your your income you know uh, level or maybe something i don't know economics you know uh can make also a difference i'm not sure that's even a factor but but for example uh food you know the ability to have all the supplies that you have versus if you don't have the money to do that, that can be also a factor. And some people sometimes are concerned about that. Um, yes. Is there anything that we can tell people about that? I mean, do they have to, is there, I mean, or is it the same for everybody for that map?
0: Okay. So, so the studies are pretty clear. Uh, okay. So when I say that science does not understand resilience totally because you will get some amazing stories from some individuals that survive horrendous things, and we don't know how they do that. Uh, so there's always individual variability. But what the science tells us about how we cope through things like this, uh, it's, it's pretty clear. It's, do you have people around you? So you will often say that uh, disasters will bring out the best or the worst in us. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so a disaster that, uh, that we went through in a city that we used to live with, was a big flood. And uh, what would happen in that city is a whole bunch of strangers would just come into a house, clean the whole place up, leave some food and leave. And it was just amazing uh, because people saw, as you said, the goodness in people and that faith in humanity, that faith in humankind, when we see it, we go, oh, this is good. It's nice to be part of the human race. And so even though disasters, they're bad, they're challenges, but they remind us as you said that people are good and that we are part of something greater than ourselves and so the science shows that as uh, as long as we are part of something greater than ourselves and that greater than ourselves is normally a family you grow up as part of a family and then you have a circle of friends and that is what keeps us resilient i mean there are other things as well just having gone through bad stuff means that you'll be more ready to go through bad stuff next time not that life is about going through bad stuff but we do learn we do develop skills and this does make us more resilient thank
1: you dr so but but it I mean do for, 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 like you said, you talked about nature, right? Nature yeah. is, is, is part of our life. I mean, we exist in nature yeah. and it, it is not a, a, it's not a surprise. It's not a, it's not something that we don't expect. We know that eventually something can happen in in the world. Like you mentioned earthquakes and yeah. and hurricanes, tornadoes. I mean, you know, we have a whole tornado alley in, in the States, you know, where it's very common and there's a lot yeah. of stuff, right? Uh, talking about rain and floods and things like that. And, and so people, are living with that, you know, so so the ability to understand that it's happening, you know, is important, right? Is there is there any uh coping format that, that we need to actually establish in our mind or is it automatically done as as just something that is built in, you know, which is the flight and mode, you know, what do we call it? The uh, the fight and flight mode. Yes. Yeah. So so yes. is that really what triggers us from really understanding it is happening and we will eventually just prevail by default?
0: Oh, okay, um, unfortunately, we don't always prevail, right?
1: Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> <I see. laughs> down, you know?
1: <laughs> well, we uh, hope so. but.
0: no, <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. But it's, it's almost as though life is designed to give us problems so that we get better. Whatever that means for each person, The uh, life is designed for us to get better. Uh, so, yes, we do have this fight-and-flight mode in us that puts us in a different state of consciousness so that we can do things quickly simply to survive but the question is and this is a question that's fundamental to a lot of psychotherapy uh and this comes from and i think i've spoken about this before a greek stoic philosopher called epictetus who basically said we've only got one question that we've got to answer uh, ask ourselves what can i control and what can't i control and the thing is that whatever you can control concentrate on that Whatever you can't control. I know it sounds like a cliche, but don't worry about it because there's nothing that you can do. All right, so Caroline, my partner this morning, wanted to do the washing. Uh, She wanted to wash all our clothes. But the thing is that it was raining and she got really upset about that. And we had a little conversation about, you know, you can't control the weather. And uh, just after that conversation, she let go at wanting to control the weather and found something else that she wanted to do okay (laughs) and we go through these things all the time uh as far as what i can control what i can't control in in my life and so if it's a disaster or preparing for a job or meeting somebody new for the first time uh we may worry a lot but the question is what can i control well you can control what you look like how you come across OK, how you prepare for an interview, how you prepare for a tornado or, um, or a flood. But there are a lot of things that you can't control. You can't control an earthquake. You can't control a tornado. You can't control a flood. You can't control the economy. Right. We can all do our little bit. Mm-hmm. But if we do that, then we have that as a primary coping mechanism for ourselves. It at least lets you know, what do I have to do in this situation? And you might be called upon to do a lot. You may be called upon not to do much at all. But just asking the question: What can I control? What can't I control? What am I going to do? One of the best coping mechanisms. Very difficult to actually put into practice, though. Hurricane. I'm still working on it myself.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I it just happens that I had a similar discussion just today. Where we were with, yeah. with friends at a meeting and we we're just having that discussion about the circumstances. And you know what? I, I, if there's n- I look at it this way: uh, Can I do something that, exactly what you said? I mean, this is yeah. a true fact. I mean, I can call off the guy right now and have him on the show, but that's exactly what I said. Like, you know, why would I worry about something that yeah, there's nothing? There's nothing I can do to impact it, and therefore, you know, it just yeah. it's just irrelevant. I'm just gonna put some more energy on it, and I'll still be at the same spot instead of just taking that energy and 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 roll it out something better where I can just get more outcomes, right? And 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 that's really it's a it's a I think it's the only formula that would work for everyone. Providing they will yes. apply it, as you said, it's not easy because just the fact that you to, to let go and just you know like okay whatever you you just it's almost like giving up on that. But but you cannot do anything about it, as you said. Well, so what's the fuss, right? <laughs> well, that's
0: true. But, but let me let me talk about uh, how to actually do that because okay, cool. uh, we're, we're sort of saying okay, this is what you got to do. But when you're keyed up, when you're worried, when you're anxious, how do I actually let go of all of that? And so there's a few things that you can actually do. And as a psychiatrist, what I use a lot is just deep breathing. Just stop whatever you're doing, sit in a chair, breathe in really deep and slowly, and breathe out really deep and slowly. And you do that about five times. And the thing is that you close your eyes as well, because we have studies that show that when you close your eyes, your brain waves change automatically. They change from what we call beta to alpha. Now, alpha is smaller, uh, sorry, uh, they're slower brainwaves, which means they're more relaxing brainwaves. And if you're really tensed up while you're deep breathing with your eyes closed, you actually go through a mental walk through your whole body and you tell each group of muscles to relax. You say legs, relax. Thighs, relax. Hips, relax chest relax shoulders neck relax and you do this slowly you take about five or ten minutes to do this and you will find yourself in a clearer state of mind where you can think more clearly clearly and then you go okay now what can i do what do i just have to accept and you will be much more effective as a person and that takes practice hurricane it takes a little bit of practice every day, but. We
1: actually get better at it. <clears throat> well, doctor, I have to thank you because I, I know we talked about disaster and you can expand a little bit, but I think it's because this is beyond because you can use this for almost everything in life that you yes. face. And I, I love it because you just give everybody right now. This show could be your little, like little pill, right? You just have to watch it and know exactly what to say, how to do it and practice it over and over. And you can certainly, you know, just be better and just, you can face the world in, with that matter, you know, Day in day out. So thank you for that, doctor. I appreciate no, no, no.
0: no. And, and it was amazing, Hurricane, because while I was saying that, you were sitting there. You had your eyes closed. I did. You yourself, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You put yourself into this half meditative state, and you did exactly what we all could be doing. All right. So let's say you're waiting for um, you're waiting for Cyclone Ian to turn up, and all the news is saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be this. And if you listen to all of that, then you actually get tighter and tighter and more anxious. Mm. And during that time, if you sit and do this, close your eyes and deep breathe, you go, okay, it's coming. There's nothing I can do about it. Breathe in, breathe out, all my muscles, relax. Is there anything that I need to do? I've boarded everything up. I've taped the windows. I've made sure that things are safe. I've done all that I can. I am now just going to relax and be effective. Uh, And if you're meeting somebody for the first time or going for a job interview or um, facing a natural disaster, it all comes down to being able to do some of that if you possibly can.
1: Uh, like I said, this is we we're gonna replay this one over and over. I think that's gonna be our highlight for the show. So people can just practice it over and over and just in front of the mirror on themselves. And and I, I think if you if anyone watching or listening just do this exercise, I know for a fact I use a similar approach and just just as you said you noticed that I did it on just automatically and it felt good just doing it for that split second. So I know it works.
0: <laughs> well, all right, then then Hurricane, I'm gonna spend a few minutes actually doing what I do with somebody because I use oh. a very simple method of deep breathing, which is just three, 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 okay? So you just breathe in, two, three, and hold, two, three, and breathe out, two, three, and hold, two, three, and breathe in, two, three, and hold, two, three and breathe out two, three and hold two, three. One more time. We breathe in two, three and hold two, three and breathe out two, three and hold two, three. Now, this can get very involved because what I get people to do is then concentrate on the tip of their nose and you concentrate on the hairs just inside the tip of your nose and you notice that when you breathe in, the tip of your nose gets just a little bit cooler and then when you breathe out, you notice that the hairs at the tip of your nose get just a little bit warmer. And then anything that you're worried about, you let go of because you are concentrating on your breath and on the tip of your nose. And then the art becomes to keep the focus of your mind right there and just keep it in a relaxed way for as long as you can. And that's what we call meditation.
1: It works One- at- yeah, doctor, I feel good. <laughs> well, I think we got more than we bargained for for today's show. I mean, I was I didn't expect this, but this is great. I mean, I think people watching and listening right now, even listening, I think you can still follow through with with the instructions here. And I was doing them live, and you know, it just felt good. I mean, you, there was a moment I was just kind of relaxed. And you're right, if I was just to follow your instructions about the nose and all that, I'll just get deeper and and more. It's almost like hypnosis for a minute there. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. So, so that's, that's a huge area, the area of meditation and hypnosis and body relaxation. I start off with relaxation because some people get a bit freaked out with hypnosis or think that meditation means you have to sit in a certain position. You can meditate while you walk. Meditation is what happens inside your mind to still the mind and just have slower brain waves so that you're more relaxed. And the beautiful thing is you become more aware of life. And uh, so when I take somebody's focus to the point of their nose, that's part of what we call mindfulness meditation. There must be about 100 different types of meditation, but mindfulness meditation is basically bringing your awareness to the surface of your body because you cannot be caught up in what's going in inside your head while you're experiencing the surface of your body at the same time
1: oh that's deep stuff (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it you know but but again i mean you're giving us some some heavy stuff things that you use with patients and and really change your lives i mean physically they Yes, that pleasure today of experiencing some of that. So, so I want to just, on behalf of everybody watching and listening, thank you for that, doctor. And again, I still always commend you for the work you do because I mean, you have better things to do, but you're with us today and, and every month committed to help you know and guide some people. And your advice, I have to say, you know, when I look at the shows on on the on the the hour ch- charts like where we track them, Climb yes. Terry Prime is one of actually the the most downloaded show right now on, on the podcast. So oh, <laughs> you I'm, know. I'm,
0: I'm glad to hear that, Hurricane. That's good. That's it
1: cool. is it is uh, you know i'll share the stats with you but it's pretty good i mean most of those those shows and not one i mean when out there they, they just just behave differently than than and some of the other shows i mean I, we have other shows that are doing excellent but just saying like it, it is one of the the most uh <laughs> downloaded ones uh, and i i am not surprised because this is the the stuff that helps people you know be better so Thank you. Okay,
0: so so where do you want to go, Hurricane? Because uh, we could spend some time doing this, or we could go to other questions.
1: Um, I have have plenty of questions. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So the next one, it's almost kind of attached to this. I'm going to ask the question. So I have been so stressed about life and work that it is not only impacting my work, but it is now impacting my intimate life and sex drive. Not sure how I can address this, so it does not result in a divorce or broken home.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you for the question. So now we're talking about some some really difficult issues where stress, anxiety, and depression can start affecting our relationships, uh, but also something deep inside us, our, our sex drive. So through this, we learn that the mind and the body are not as separate as we'd like it to be, right? So whatever happens in your mind, it shows up in your body and so for this person the stress is causing a decrease in sex drive which is affecting their relationship so particularly in a world that is growing in the uncertainty and again we come back to that question what can I control and what can't I control and we're all finding out that there's more that we can't control so the question is how do we then um, make it so that um, We don't lose our sex drive. We don't lose our relationships. So the first thing is that question, what can we or what can't we control, using some relaxation techniques. But particularly in a relationship, this is where talking comes in because the feeling that we want to have when we're in a relationship is me too. I'm going through this too. And so when you talk to another human being and you find that they're becoming a bit more stressed, They're worried about a few things as well. Then the first thing is we don't feel like we're alone because we aren't actually alone. And so that starts to build trust. It starts to build familiarity and it starts to build a foundation through which we can start to let go of some of that stress. Then to use these kind of techniques to do away with the stress, and if somebody is really stressed, hurricane, then sometimes exercising is a better thing to do because it's a very – tight energy and you've got to dissipate that energy while relaxing the whole body and so stretches before exercising exercising and then some stretches afterwards it relaxes all that stress and what happens is our sex drive is very much uh uh related to our parasympathetic nervous system now what that means is we've got to be in a relaxed mode to be able to get sexually excited. Now, the fight and flight that we talked about, that's what we call our sympathetic nervous system. That's when we're all tight, we've got a lot of energy, blood is flowing to our hands and our feet, our mouth goes dry, our breathing becomes very shallow and our heart rate becomes very fast. Well, quite frankly, to be sexually excited, we want all the opposite. (laughs) We want to be able to have a slow heart rate deep breathing, uh, and in that state, our digestive uh, juices flow and uh, we'll find ourselves becoming more sexually aroused if we're with people uh, in the right company, which is why uh, if you want a romantic evening, you go out to dinner and you take time because when we're in this relaxed state, which I'll call rest and digest, our mouth starts to water. You start to be able to just taste those those crisply fried vegetables, just with the right um, uh, vinaigrette and uh, olive oil and a bit of uh, lemon juice and some salt, and you can feel your mouth go, oh, this is lovely, this is really good. Well, if you have a few hours of that, you're more relaxed, your heartbeat is sinking, and when the lights are a bit low, It's all relaxed, and then the excitement can begin sexually. So if you're in relationship with somebody, you have these conversations to find out what people are anxious about. Then you do these exercises. You exercise through the day. But then in the evening when it's time to uh, have something to eat, you want to wind down, wind down completely. And that will pave the way for better intimacy in a relationship
1: thank you doctor and, and 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 you know it's amazing because this is a, a question about that you know, I'm, I'm stressed at work and life, right and when you're with someone we have a partner in life i mean that's something that should be you know almost shared because that's it this is my, my experience you know you become one i mean maybe some people will beg to differ on this opinion because right. they, they might just live separate lives but if you're in let's say a marital situation or like some sort of domestic partnership or like a real serious relationship uh, it gets a little elevated where you have to actually kind of be, at adno- you know, acknowledge the other party in the relationship. And, and, you know, you yeah. almost have to, when they go out, uh, you know, down, you have to feel, you know, the balance with them and be there for them, not actually stress them out. So you have to be also understanding of where they are uh, and not just maybe demand things and, and, and want to yeah. have, it's just the wrong time to ask for certain things you know and intimacy yeah. is not yeah. one of those, you know, so it's very difficult to manage if you're not in that, you know, I guess, balanced relationship.
0: Yes. Yes. So there are two techniques that I want to talk about here that are actually very important because people get very stressed. And what we unfortunately do is have a tendency to take it out on the people who are close to you. Right now. uh, So the thing is that, let's say anybody, anybody can come home from work and get really stressed out and get really angry. And before you know it, you're biting the head off of the people that you love. Not a good situation. So two techniques, and the first one has to do with after work, and this is something that I used to do every day. When you finish work and you have built up stress from the day, don't go straight home. Go to a park, walk it out, go to the ocean, go for a swim, go to the gym, work it out, do something so that you take all the stress out of your body and you are able to dissipate all that energy so that you are not a stressed bundle of nerves when you get home, right? So that when you're with the people that you love, you don't have to take out your stress on them because you've already done something else. You've done some exercise, you've gone for a swim, you've gone for a jog, you went for a walk. So that's the first technique between work and home. Even if you work from home, just go outside and go for a jog or spend some time by yourself, and then you come back a different person. So the second technique is when you're with the people you love and you've had a stressed day, you put it into words. Hi, I'm home. I've had a really stressful day this happened, and that happened. And then what you're actually doing is you're sharing your life with them. You're letting them into your head. And other people actually love that. It's a privilege to be inside your head. And then they can go, oh, that was terrible. That was hard. Is there anything I can do to help? And you are in relationship rather than being angry and then sort of tripping over toys and getting angry about that or angry because something's outside, out of order or whatever it happens to be when you tend to push people away. When you're stressed and you've dissipated the energy by going for a run, you can then draw people in to not only help you, but you can then help them because at some stage you ask, how was your day? And then they will do the same to you. And before you know it, you're in relationship rather than out of relationship.
1: Thank you so much for those. I mean, I I love those techniques and, and I, you know, they're not uh, unheard of, but, but you're right. It's no. just putting it to practice. I mean, right. you know, it's funny when you say oh, two techniques, like, you know, was the problem is like, oh, okay, what, what those things, are. but when you say, I was like, oh, I can do that. Right. <laughs> but That's it's right. just, just the practice of it, I think is the challenge and, and everybody can do that to your point it's not hard i mean you, you you stop you you just take a spin around you know diffuse blast some music whatever you need to do go to gym you know yes. coming to home i'm gonna go to gym, whatever music. just in and out but don't don't clash uh, and and it, and and i think the second technique is also just as powerful because if you tell people your day they don't have to guess because uh, they're right. not they're not really you know psyche they're not you know gonna get into your brains without you telling them uh they're gonna look at you maybe when you with someone long enough you probably can feel that you can see oh, that yeah. you can but oh, yeah. but if you're a new in a relationship that's not going to be obvious and you know at the first sight at the first reaction what the hell's going on here right and then it's over yeah. right uh, so yeah. so it takes both to tango like two to tango as they say <laughs> so you yeah. have to to work it out together but but it's also taking it, to your point uh, a, a way of communicating and, and sharing and but the other flip side because some people like well, I don't care how you did his, that's a problem. <laughs> or like, yeah. you know, you know, don't bring your work here, whatever. But it, it's not like I can. I mean, if I'm having a stressful day and I'm coming home, there's nothing else I can do. It's not like I can hide yeah. or I can take a vacation overnight. I mean, you have to, yeah. to come home someone. So it, yeah. it's both sides that need to actually work together to make sure that to diffuse the idea. And at least, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, let's go to dinner or maybe let's watch a movie together and, and yeah. change things. Maybe it works.
0: Yes, yes, And, and this is what we call in relationship give and take, right? I'll be there for you. You be there for me. Sometimes I'll need to take more. Sometimes I can give more, but we're sharing life together, and what words do is invite people into your life, okay? Invite people into your head. Invite people into a relationship, and that actually is one of the most wonderful feelings that we humans can have because all of us actually fear being alone, that I'm the only one that gets stressed out, I'm the only one that has these fears, I'm the only one that worries about this. When you find out that everybody else is going through the same thing, oh, you mean we're in this together? Yep, we're in this together. And if it's a stressful day at work, or if it's getting through an earthquake, together we're stronger, together we're stronger.
1: In unity, there is strength, there's no doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah all right thank you so much So i have another question it's 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 still related to stress uh but it's something that so the cdc just announced that suicide rate is as as high as it gets what can we do to help reduce this as individuals and or community how can we prevent friends and family to entertain such a decision okay i'm assuming they're referring to the the suicide yeah
0: yeah now unfortunately particularly in the states and in australia suicide rates have been rising. (sighs) <sighs> steadily, dramatically, uh, it's it's bad news, Hurricane, particularly in the last 25 years in these countries for some strange reason. And, uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to say something really silly, and that is what we can all do individually is look after our own mental health so that we don't get depressed, so that we don't feel the need to do away with ourselves. Now, unfortunately... I have worked with a lot of people who have done away with themselves, and each case is very, very sad, because each case was a beautiful individual that had a life of potential, but life became too painful. Now, doesn't matter how much pain we're going through, and yes, it does matter, when we're able to share that with people, the pain level comes down. So why is it that in these wonderful societies like the USA and Australia, people are taking their own lives more and more and it has something to do with the feeling of being alienated? I'm not part of it. Nobody knows me. Nobody understands what's going inside of my head. So the techniques that we spoke about, which, as you said, they're just common sense techniques, speaking to other people, dissipating stress before you get home talking to somebody right so they did some studies in japan to find out what we can do to uh, bring down the suicide rate and the big uh the big message out of those studies was to increase a sense of community to to get things happening so that you felt that the next person that you were seeing at a shopping center or in uh, a line at a bus stop or on a train that you've somehow felt connected and responsible for them so these were studies done in small towns that showed if people would just say hello to each other or just notice each other just a little bit more then the suicide rate would actually come down so in all these little interactions that we're starting to lose in big cities okay so if we talk about a city like new york city you don't sort of say good day to everybody who passes because um people are working hard they're on their way okay but the smaller the town the more likely you are to say hi how are you have a nice day all the best just some little thing like that So with all of our friends and family, if we can just increase those acknowledgements, hi, how are you going? What's your day like? Are you okay? And you talked about how in a relationship you get to know somebody when things aren't quite well. We have studies, and this, this is the whole are you okay movement, where if you notice that somebody's just a bit down and you start talking to them, even with a simple question like, are you okay? that that will open a dialogue so that that person doesn't feel alone. And so that's why we're all encouraged just to have little interactions with each other, a little bit of eye contact, a little bit of touch, all these things that we're getting quite um, uh, precious about uh, because we don't want to be weirded out by somebody who wants something from us. But the downside is that we lose connection with the whole human race. So what can we do? individually to bring down the suicide rate take care of your own mental health by taking care of your relationships and even when you're out on the street with strangers just sort of a little nod of the head a tip or a high as you as you go by if that's appropriate in your area that actually helps enormously
1: Thank you, doctor. And you know, you mentioned something about New York, for example, you said it's a big city, yeah. people are running, but you know what, who says that we can't do it in New York or any big city? I mean, you walk in, you look at someone, hi, how you doing? How's your day? I mean, shouldn't be a bad, difficult task. Right? Well, you're right. I mean, I know it's a little awkward. Some people will be like, hey. you know, yeah. but, but the idea is we can start that trend. I mean, even from this, when we're talking about, Hey folks, you're in New York. Hey, listen, say hi to each other. It's all good. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but just keep it going because, you know it is contagious, and you know we we know that if I start laughing, you'll start laughing, everybody starts laughing, and that's just <laughs> you know proven as 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 that's as right. real. It's
0: contagious. It's contagious. It yeah, is. And, I mean, <laughs> that's right. And we don't have to start these things with strangers. Just starting it with people that we work with every day, like a lot of people go, "Oh, John's in a bad mood." Okay, well, I better avoid him. You know, <laughs> and so nothing said to John for hours. You know, but even if you know that John's in a bad mood, to go past and say. How are you doing, John? Right, and just keep walking. Uh, He might grumble, but he still appreciates that you acknowledge him as a human being. John is still there. And it's those little things that that help. So just with work colleagues or just with people in the same household. So uh, let's say if you're in a share house of four or five people and everybody tends to do their own thing because that's what households tend to do these days. If you're going to leave the house, Just tell everybody who's in the house, I'm going now, see you later, and when you arrive back home, I'm back, hi, how are you guys? They might think you're weird, but it won't take long before everybody's doing the same thing, just acknowledging the presence or what you're doing so that you live together, not alone as four or five separate individuals. Those little things make a huge difference.
1: Well, thank you, doctor. Actually, I, I want to just add one thing. I mean, this is actually a true story, uh, but not even two weeks ago, uh, one of my kid's friends actually uh, committed suicide. Okay. And, uh, you know, they someone that... Was not our home, someone that kind of grew up with my kids. Uh, they went to school together, and it sadly, you know, it happened. Uh, and it was kind of like devastating for the kids because it was just like you know, someone that's close. I mean, you yeah. hear about it is one thing, but it comes close, to, you know, to yeah. you. It's a little more difficult. Uh, and I've had actually even my own personal family members, you know, uh, someone that that I did without, you know, uh, their life, yeah. and uh, it was just you know devastating for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. But but you know, so so I mean. I know it is not easy and uh for and and this is a, a a great you know kid who actually had a bright future and everything from the outside everybody looked at him like this kid had everything and it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. But somehow something behind the scene was there and no one figured it out, no one knew about it until it was too late. And uh, you know that is a tough place, you know, I think for our especially for kids. Uh, I think that, that's even a higher rate with, the, with teenagers and, and, and younger folks. Uh, it just just anyone listening right now, you know, as in that age group, is there any specific thing we can tell them in addition to what you just said, which is generic?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the generic thing is that we don't actually own our own life. Our life doesn't belong to us. So Hurricane, just this episode, you talked about your son, You talked about your daughter, your daughter's friends. You talked about your partner, okay? In a sense, and I mean in a very real sense, they own your life. You can't just go and do what you want, right? You just can't say, bye-bye, I'm going to live in in Japan, right? Because you affect their lives deeply. So you or any, any one of us, we can't just do our way with ourselves because we're answerable to each other we affect each other's life there are people who actually love you hurricane right and they will be hurt if you did anything like just move away just just, just try going away by yourself for 2 weeks and see how that does uh, how that goes down with the people that you love sort of like what 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 are you what are you doing you can't just do that so to do away with your own life to say i'm not going to be here anymore That is just devastating for people that you don't even know about. There are people who watch this show, who love the way you do things, who love the information that you send, and you have a relationship with them even if you don't know them. So they own a bit of you. You are responsible to them. So what I say to every individual is there are a whole lot of people to whom you are responsible. And I, I, I know people tend to say, no, nobody cares about me. Nobody cares if I live or die. But first thing is you go and ask your mom, mom, how would you feel if I decided to kill myself? All right. And you ask your father, then you ask your children, then you ask your brothers and your sisters, then you ask, you go through and you ask even somebody that you've just worked with that you think are not particularly fond of you, And you will see them change and they will say, I'd be devastated. I don't want you to do something like that. Why are you thinking of doing something like that? All of a sudden, they will start to rescue you. Your enemies, people that you think are enemies, will start to rescue you. Because deep down, and you said this earlier, Hurricane, there is goodness in all of us. We actually want to see each other do well. It's just that sometimes our busyness gets in the way, our preoccupation with ourselves get in the way so that we just lose these links that we have to other people. But it's actually these links to other people that keep us all alive. So we've got to keep all those links.
1: Doctor, thank you so much. And, and, you know, as I'm listening to you, I... I actually never thought about it the way you just presented it. (laughs) The idea that you don't belong to yourself, that you belong to your other people around you who actually around you. And I think that's, that's something we sometimes we lose mind of because we are not really thinking about it. You really put in a way that I don't know if people are watching right now listening, you know, you're probably going to be like, wow, I mean, that's deep. And it is deep because you're right. You know, it's, this is not for you. I mean, when you said your life doesn't belong to you, I'm thinking religious, God, something. And then all of a sudden you say, well, the people that love you that are around you and they, not, and you know what, you don't think about that. Cause that's the thing. Like, you know, w- sometimes we're so caught up in ourselves that we don't think about, you know, who you're affecting, you know, with yeah. your decisions and that those decisions can be material, you know, material decisions, physical decisions, or detrimental or bad decisions such as this one. But either way, you know, you have to think about everyone around you because you know there is a surround there and there's an entourage whether you like it or not and yeah. someone can be living alone they still have people that they interact with they will like to your point they will miss if you don't go to the same store and they miss you oh I haven't seen you in a while. That's
0: right. right. (laughs) Now, I've quickly got to talk about uh, college students, all right, because uh, when you leave home and you go to college, that is one point in your life when all of a sudden you have so much freedom that you've never had before that the things that I'm saying start not to make sense because you feel as though, oh, your parents are happy to uh, get rid of you, right? You don't have school teachers where if if you don't get an assignment in at school, they will chase you. Whereas if you go to college or university and you don't put an assignment in, they don't care. That's your business. If you don't turn up, they won't chase you. So all of a sudden you feel that you have all this freedom and that feeling of freedom is wonderful, but you need to remember that your parents are just at the end of the phone, all right? There are good friends that you have grown up with that are just at the end of a phone, all right? Or that you can connect with. And that the reason that you're at college is to readjust where you're going in society so that you can actually then be answerable to other people again, so that you can have a love partner who would be devastated if you left even for a few weeks. Or one day you will have children who depend on you for their very lives. Uh, A mother who has a two-year-old child can't just say, I'm going off for a holiday and leave them. They will die that you actually have human beings dependent on you for life. And this might sound scary, but it's actually wonderful. This is actually what we want. The most amazing feeling that we get is being useful to each other. Uh, This is uh, the most amazing feeling for a parent, to know that there is people depending on you and you come through for them, right? Uh, and, And that is just knowing that you're doing a good enough job for your kids makes you realize that you have a purpose in life right and that is an amazing feeling and we all crave that feeling it's just in college years you don't get much of that feeling because you're being prepared for when that feeling will come to you
1: wow thank you you know doctor it's funny you you talked about that that sense of responsibility and uh, this week alone we had uh, two shows and we talked about you know our furry friends and animals and one of the discussion we had is like the the responsibility that comes of having you know pets and and and, and family you know uh, you know uh, pets uh members and and it was it was just it, even thinking about that itself when you think about it like you don't just leave an animal and and, and go on vacation you have to think about where are you going to put them and stuff because they become body family and they really become family members. So, so right. it's beyond just, you know, it's the human, the, the, anybody that's on your life, you know, uh, yes. as is is somebody that you're going to impact and affect with your decisions. And and so, so I hope that your message doctor has been, you know, clear to, to our audiences and maybe this can, prevent from someone even thinking about, you know, uh, this this type of decision in their life. Well,
0: then I'm going to give something very concrete to somebody who's contemplating suicide, okay? Uh, This is going to sound very strange, but I mean it very sincerely. If somebody, let's say, in their 20s is thinking of doing away with themselves, all that they need to do is find one useful task. Find an old lady who lives a couple of streets away that needs their grass mown every day. No, sorry, every week, all right? Mm. And if you just say, I just want to go and mow your lawn every week, they will look forward to you turning up just to mow their lawn and you will feel that you are doing something for somebody else, that you are needed in this world just to mow the lawn once a week. So the way out of feeling suicidal is to feel that you can be useful To somebody else, even in a small way. And uh, going back to um, animals, I, I have had patients who will not kill themselves because they have to look after a dog, okay? Because nobody else can take care of this dog the way that they can. And that is good. So if we can increase that feeling of usefulness for somebody else, you just go up to somebody else and say, Can I do something for you? that actually becomes life-saving for a lot of people.
1: Doctor, that is that is super powerful advice, and I think we all can use that. I mean, not that we're entertaining anything, but the fact is, you know, in life... To your point, the more, like again, this, like you mentioned something about the show. People that yeah. may not know us, uh, yeah. this is something that I live for right now, and I, I, yeah. I enjoy it, and I want to continue doing this for as long as I yes. live to to help as many people. And and it's amazing because it does give you that sense of like almost responsibility that you you know, you need to be there, you need to do this, and it's a commitment. And yes. the more you think about your commitment, nothing else matters, and I think that's really important to to take as a lesson, you know. So
0: yes. Yes, so so in a world where we're looking for more response, uh, more freedom, okay, and more doing what we want, what we end up missing is what we really enjoy the most, and that is being useful to somebody else, being needed by somebody else, being wanted by somebody else. That's one of the most beautiful feelings that all of life has to offer.
1: Thank you, doctor. So I, I know we're crunched on time right now, but I do have a few more questions. We're obviously not gonna go through them, but there was a question that we covered some of it in, in general before, uh, yeah. but it came through. So I'm, not, I'm gonna you know ask the question and then we have five minutes. So let's see if we can, you know, crunch it in. Yeah. Uh, so doctor, in the face uh, of an increase, an increase in gun violence around the States and maybe worldwide, what do we need to know and do to hopefully understand the root of this pandemic?
0: Gun violence. Okay. Gun violence. Very, very difficult, <laughs> very difficult uh, problem. Okay, so there there are a few problems with a gun. Uh, number one is that it was designed to take life, and it does that very well. So that's that's the that's the whole reason that a gun exists. Okay, Uh, people didn't start off uh, thinking there'd be this nice sport called shooting and then what do we need to invent for it, you know? It unfortunately went the other way around. But the thing about gun violence is it means that the time of impulsivity is bridged. So you can have a terrible thought like I want to take out as many people as I can and because there's a gun that can do that quickly the lag time between having that thought and carrying out the action becomes a lot quicker, right? So that's the rationale behind taking guns out of society. And Hurricane, you're talking to an Australian here and it was about about 20 years ago that we actually had a huge gun buyback system because we had a bad shooting here where 22 people were killed and the government said, We've got to take guns out of the community. And uh, a lot of politicians put their professional lives on the line, but they did it. They got a whole lot of guns out of the community and now the guns laws are stricter. And what that does is, let's say, if somebody feels like killing themselves, they can't quickly get to this thing that will do it very quickly. It takes a while of planning. And while you plan, you go, you know, maybe this isn't such a bad idea. So in gun violence, you may have the feeling, you know, I hate people, but I can't just pick up something and express that very quickly. So that to me as a psychiatrist is the big link between um, the violence and the guns, because people who want to keep freedom in gun laws will say there's nothing wrong with the gun. It's the person behind it. And uh, yes, that is evidently true, but it's how it links the two that we have to break. The other way of breaking it is actually to have people feel that they are linked to everybody else. So it becomes very difficult to kill somebody else when you feel I am actually linked to that person. It's like you're killing yourself because there's a part of you that's dying. And if we got that feeling that we all care for each other and that we would all actually defend each other. Then we'd actually get to the stage where it doesn't matter if there were guns lying around everywhere, nobody would actually pick one up to shoot somebody else. That's the other extreme. So that's why we have to work on these two things, limiting the impulsivity that a gun gives us, but also strengthening the sense of ties that we have to each other so that we don't even have the thought of doing harm to each other. Both of those are idealistic, but if we work with both of them in tandem so that we feel that we genuinely are going through this together. If this is an earthquake, a tornado, an economic crisis or climate change, if we feel that we're going through this together, then we actually want to keep each other so that we can help each other get through.
1: I'm not gonna go further because I know we're we're limited in time, and you know, I know this topic. You know, we can spend hours on it, especially because there's a lot of debate about it, and uh, there's yeah. pros and cons, and there's people for it and yeah. against it, and uh, yeah. it's too much too much going on, and it's too political. Uh, but yeah. but but for me, just uh, I guess an individual person watching and listening, you know, um there is obviously a huge thing that that is real. It's happening, and we yeah. need to cope with it. And and obviously, doctor has given us some advice on how we potentially can. Uh, mitigate and then actually even you know navigate this whole you know ordeal and 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 work through it with with you know with less conflict I would say <laughs> and hopefully never have to deal with it. Um, so,
0: yeah. So so the thing is, Hurricane that as a psychiatrist, uh, I've worked with individuals, and so I know what works for individuals. And the challenge is to get the ideas that work for individuals to a society level, uh, because when it comes to mass shootings we feel helpless because it's something out there in society i wouldn't do it but how do i make sure that other people don't and so society is just the individuals but it's something more as well and that's where this show that you're putting on at the moment is able to start moving the conversation so we start feeling like a society of individuals that actually belong to each other and are responsible for each other as well.
1: And with that, doctor, thank you so much. I mean, I think we're coming to the end of the show and, uh, you know, uh, it's been real. I mean, we have a lot more questions, so we'll save those for the next (laughs) chapter of of, of our discussions and that will be the the last Friday of, I guess, uh, October so yeah. uh stay tuned for that one and folks please do send us your questions at hurricane age at iHealthRadioUSA.com and uh or you know you can call the number 732-332-8493 when we're live and uh you know we can take your questions right on the spot uh dr haim is committed to us also you can watch this show over and over it's says evergreen and in in all the podcast and on the radio and YouTube and all all the platforms that you can either see it or watch it, you can have it and on Facebook, so social media, et cetera. Um, so that being said, Doctor, thank you so much for being with us today and for thank your time.
0: You, thank you, Appreciate thank it. you, it's always a pleasure to be here.
1: Thank you, sir, and, and it is our pleasure and honor to have you, and folks, uh, it is the end of the show, so we'll be talking soon, new day, new show, new topic, but stay tuned for Dr. Haim and climb to your prime with Dr. Haim at the end of October. We'll talk soon. Bye for now.